He'll make it for sure. Now that's why I backed him on Tab Touch. Hey, Luke. Yes, Gene Simmons. He's probably the best when it comes to this stuff. Thanks, Gene. You've got the touch. You got the touch. You got the power. Got the touch? Choose Tap Touch. Better your bet. Download the app today. Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Hoops Heaven proudly brings to you Basketball Hustle. But Ellis fumbled the ball. Two on the shot clock goes up a prayer. Yes! As he was falling to the ground, it's a three! He shot it literally from the hip. Definitely a highlight. Here come the Billikens. Four on two. McCall. Ellis. Left corner. We missed now. Bang! From way down under. Cody Ellis. Reddick brings low out away from the best. Stolen away by Cody Ellis. One man to beat. To the hole. He's fouled. Layup. Good. Whistle foul. Count the best. Ellis for the reverse. Oh, through fingertips. What a move. Ellis drops in a bomb. I love seeing Cody Ellis coming out, feeling good. Ellis. Cody Ellis. Ellis. Pull up jumper. Cody Ellis. Bang. Cody Ellis. Can he stand and deliver? Cody Ellis. Now it's time for another episode of Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle. Hello and welcome to Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle for another week and boy oh boy, it just seems like week after week, Cody, we have more and more to talk about mm-hmm. in the world of the NBL and this week will be no different. It's good to have you back. Thank you to Simon Mitchell for stepping in last week, but we'll reflect back on the Aaron Baines suspension and the footage that unfortunately I think for the NBL we've now all seen. We'll talk about the explosion from Trenton Flowers, Sydney and Melbourne making a statement, Perth and Brisbane having a bit of a stumble. Unfortunately, the one thing you didn't want to say two weeks ago was the same old Hawks, but we can't avoid that anymore. No. We do have an official new home now for DJ Vasilovic, and I want to ask you if we might see one for Tyler Cook. Mm. So that's a lot for us to get through. We're here thanks to Hoops Heaven, of course, and Tab Touch. And I'm Chris Pike, but Cody Ellis, it's good to have you back. Yeah, good to be back, mate. Uh, big thank you to Simon last week for oh. filling in for me at the last minute, like I uh, mentioned um, over the weekend. But um, no, Great episode if you if you haven't gone back and had a listen it's it's uh it's awesome he's a great basketball mind and, yeah. and had some really good insights so it was uh, a great great episode to listen to and it was nice to not have to listen to my own voice for <laughs> once which was great what I liked was picking the brains of a guy who's been a head coach in the league for the last four years yeah. fresh out of coaching and he's coached against all of these teams he quickly remembered that he had the wood over the Tasmania Jack Jumpers <laughs> which was, which was nice but you don't often get that chance to sit down for an hour and talk with someone that's a head coach in the league and just relaxed and talk about basketball. It was it was good fun. Yeah, no, and it's it's uh, we're very lucky to have have Simon on board and mm. um, get his insights, and uh, I'm sure we'll have him on a lot more throughout the season. Yes, and we'll get his selection in the Galen Award for the best team man later in the show as well, and see if you agree with him, Cody. Mm-hmm. We we might be able to get some banter going, but um, this show is made possible thanks to Hoop Seven and has been since the start. Um, every time I see a new post of a new release of a, a shoe, Cody, mm-hmm. um, I can't help but but elevate over it a little bit. Yes. Um, is there a pair of a pair of shoes right now that you want more than more than any other? From oh, Hoops every Seven? single one sitting on those <laughs> racks in there. No, I actually uh, popped in there the other day to get okay, my good. little fella some some shoes, and uh, he went with the uh, Lamellos, yes. um, which which most of the young yes. youngins do. 
so no, it was good to good to finally get back in there and have a good chat to Jason and mm. all the team in there. We'll talk about the next stars a bit later, but how cool is it that we had Lamelo Ball here mm. playing in the NBL and now he's one of the hottest basketball products in the world. Yeah, no, it's awesome. It's awesome, and I think that's just you know proof as to the leaps and bounds that this league has mm. made, and to have guys like that come down here and and then go and really start to make a name for themselves in the NBA is mm. awesome. We might have, after what we saw on Saturday, we might have some Trenton Flowers shoes in five years' time. Possibly. Possibly. (laughs) If he can keep doing that kind of thing, then uh, I think we will. We'll talk about him a bit more shortly. But let's get to the biggest news as we are recording this. Um, DJ Vasilovic, he will be back in the league. It won't be at the Sydney Kings. He's been training with the Adelaide 36ers, but because the Kings released him so he could go chase his NBA dream, the Kings still had control over... over Mm -hmm. I guess he's he's rights, you know, he's probably the best way to put it. So the Kings had to release him to be allowed to sign for another club. Full credit to the Kings for letting him go. I I assume there was some sort of arrangement organised so they get something back in return. But the league's better for having somebody like DJ Vasilovic playing in it. We don't want to see him have to go to go overseas to play. No, absolutely. And it was always it was always tough losing both Zayev and DJ last year, at the end of last year, thinking coming into this season that we wouldn't see either of them. Mm. Um, I mean, those two were were huge parts of why the Kings were so successful over those past couple of years. So, no, look, a massive shout-out to the Kings for actually releasing him and Mm. letting him sign elsewhere because that's it's only good for the league. And, you know, they're in a position where they're not going to want to get rid of any of their players at the moment. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's an interesting little spot, but uh, I'm glad that they've released him and that we'll get to see him again. It's an interesting one for Sydney. I mean, clearly... They would like him part of their team yeah. because he's such a good player. But at the same time, I think they're very happy with the squad that they've got. Mm-hmm. Did they make the right choice by not releasing somebody else to bring him back in? It's it's tough because, I mean, realistically, you got to release one of the younger boys on the yeah. team. And that's something that, you know, you don't really want to do. I mean, with a guy like DJ, you'd probably try and exhaust all options mm. before it happened. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you also don't want a disgruntled player either, mm. you know, whether it's DJ having trained with Adelaide for, you know, the past mm. week or so yeah. or a couple of weeks yeah. now and then being like, oh, no, you've got to come and play for us yeah. and him not actually enjoying his time well, and, yeah, sure. and getting the most out of him. Yeah. So it's tough, but um, no, look, I think they've made the right call. Yeah. It's an interesting one for Adelaide. We've talked about over the last three weeks on this show about the type of player we thought they needed to bring in. We thought mm-hmm. they could use a point guard, yeah. <laughs> they could use an athletic wing, they could use a big. We didn't necessarily think they needed another two guard. Anything but. <laughs> but he's such a good player. Is, I mean, yeah. he. we've also talked about how Adelaide needs someone that can come in and take over a game, a finisher. Yep. Simon talked about it last week. They don't have a finisher. You can look at the other teams across the league and they've all got, got finishers. Yep. There's Bryce in, in Perth. You've got, you know, Golding in, in Melbourne. You've got finishers across the league. Even Patrick Miller's shown that he's a finisher yeah. in Cairns. Um, and I think he calls himself the closer. So, yeah. so it's, it's a self-entitled nickname. But every team sort of has that closer. Adelaide hasn't had that. No. DJ gives them that instantly. Mm-hmm. He, he does. And look, a two-man was not exactly what they needed. <laughs> no. right? they're, they're fully loaded with those. Yes. You know, Realistically, you've got McCarron, you've got Kadee, you've got Sunday. Yes. Flowers mm. could be that two. Yeah. Can stretch to the three. Even Nick Marshall. Yeah. Well, that's it. So they, they didn't need a two-man. Mm. But if you can bring in a guy like DJ um, and the caliber of player he is, you, you do it, right? And then you, you kind of move your parts around, yep. uh, around that. So... Look, I think it's I think it's a good signing. You know, I think he'll 
he'll kind of bring that winning culture as well because he's, yes. he's a known and proven winner. Yeah. Um, and I think I think he'll he'll certainly help them. They're a team that hasn't had swagger. Hello to Elvis down there, our third <laughs> co-host, um, having some fun running around us. But they're just a team that hasn't had swagger. Yeah. Um, DJ brings that. I feel like he just gives them that confidence that they can win these games where they probably haven't over the last three years. Oh, for sure, for sure. And look, I think Wiley gives them a little bit yes, of that. Yes, yes. But bringing DJ in, it just gives them that different look for sure. Mm. I think um, you're right. The, the swagger that he brought to Sydney was was awesome and mm. was he was kind of that guy that everyone else got around and, you know, their swagger lifted as well. Yeah. So I think he's going to help them both scoring-wise, mm. I think defensively, and then just that bit of a confidence boost yeah. in the squad, I think. Yeah. No, I think so. Um, since we recorded the show last week with Simon, we've now known the results of the Aaron Bange and Adam Ford and Lad Mayen incident um and we've now seen the footage since then of what happened between baines and adam ford in the outside the locker rooms there at nissan arena we didn't get to talk to you about it last week Cody. what was your whole take on the whole situation what was your take on the suspension the five games five game suspension to baines the the i guess the early plea to avoid suspension for may and and a complete clearing for adam ford Mm -hmm. um how do you sum it all up? Yeah, there's <laughs> a lot going on. Yeah. There was a lot going on. And look, watching the game, you know, as soon as you saw Bainsey kind of keep going at the refs, mm. it it seemed like he wanted to get tossed. Yes. You know, he was overly frustrated. Oh, it, it was impossible to imagine him coming back to play in the no, second half. Yeah, no, not at all. Not at all. And, I mean, Gazy said it too, and I was sitting on my couch watching going, he just wants to get thrown. Yes. Give him his second tee and let him go. Yeah. Otherwise, something's going to escalate. Yep. And, well, it did. Yes. Right? It yes. did. I guess the frustrations for, for guys like Baines who have played in the best leagues around the world is, you know, the fact that an elbow was thrown directly at his throat or at his chin, right? Yes, yes. And then he talks to the refs about it and they're like, no, there was nothing in it. Nothing happened. You know, yep. it's in, instead of being like, all right, we'll have a look, mm. you know? Well, it's, yeah. And, and that's, that's probably the frustrations. And, and Baines, he's got a short fuse as it is, mm. right? Yeah. We've seen that throughout his whole career. Mm. He, he's always... He's, gotten a lot better with it yeah but that fuse is still pretty short <laughs> yeah um and i think it's only grown over the last 12 months he clearly mm-hmm. hasn't enjoyed the way no i think the nbl games have been officiated mm-hmm. more than anything yeah and look they are they're, they're officiated completely different to any other league in the world yeah it, it's got to be frustrating for a guy like that who uses his physicality to yeah. his advantage yeah. right and he just um, finished battling two guys down low he did and he coughed an elbow and then gets told nothing happened well he d- he did Push those two pretty yeah, far did. and pretty hard they, in the yeah, back. There, there, could, there could have been fouls either way. Absolutely, oh, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. But then, I mean, look, that man turns around, swings his elbow way too high, yeah, you know, yeah. for, for a, a swim move, for a box out, and he knew what he was doing. Yep. And then, yeah, look, just boils over. And then, obviously, we've we've seen the footage in, in the hallways and, <laughs> I mean, we, we speak about fuses and <laughs> 40 is one that uh, obviously has a – a short fuse as well, and mm. I think that it's tough. Obviously, they exchanged words, and mm. and Forty was out waiting, waiting for Bainsey. Really, you could it, you it could say like it, it yeah. did, yeah. and not ideal, not not a great situation. He's obviously said something. Bainsey's just arced up, and then freaking almost tried to put him through the wall. <laughs> yes, Bainsey's a big human being. Forty yeah. isn't, so yeah. you know it wouldn't have taken a whole lot. No, no. But no matter what's said you never lay hands on people like that, right? Especially opposition coaches. And 
we know as well as anyone that, you know, Forty would have given him a, a fair word or two. And yeah. Um, yeah. that will never be released, I'm sure, what was said. Yeah. But, but I think the fact that the NBL cleared him of any wrongdoing when they've heard what he said mm. suggests that he must not have said anything that should have instigated that sort of no. physical contact. And it is difficult because, you know, where do you draw the line there? Mm. You know, there's there's obviously so much grey area in that, but it is what it is. And the Laubus with his uh, jingly's <laughs> toys around us, sorry. <laughs> it is what it is, right? And, we probably you know, should remember to not give him the noisy toys next yeah, time. Yeah, that's probably a good idea, I think. <laughs> Yeah, it's it is what it is. Five games is, I mean, the most games I've seen since being back around the league. It's been very hard to get a suspension. You almost have to almost kill someone to get a suspension well, recently. And, and I've been part of a fairly hostile J- act in uh, J- Josh Childress, Josh yes. Childress on Jesse one Wayne game, stuff. Was I think one so. Game? I think it was a yeah. game and a fine. And yeah. yeah, I mean that was. I mean, look, uh, the incident itself, there was probably more malice in it. Hmm. But I think the boil over is is kind yeah. of what got Bainesy. With the penalty to Baines, I, I felt like he shouldn't have been, copped a suspension for anything that happened on court. I felt mm-hmm. like an ejection kind of covered that yep. off, and I think Simon said the same thing last week. With what happened back, backstage, we didn't, we didn't know by that stage what had happened. We hadn't seen it. I feel like that probably deserved five games, though. So yeah. in the end, I think the five games is fair. How, mm-hmm. how do you feel? Yeah, look, I totally agree. I don't think what was done on the court warrants any kind of suspension. Yeah. At the very most, which I still don't think are fine, but... Yeah, what look what happened backstage was was not great, and look, he it's a tough one, right? Because Brisbane or at Brisbane, the opposition bench has to walk mm. past the home yeah. bench to yeah. get to the locker rooms, yeah. and that doesn't happen in a whole lot of arenas, yeah. right? Yeah, so that's not ideal mm. to start with. But then Bainesy waiting for Latmay and to come through and instigating the chat, hip and yeah. shouldering, yeah. instigating that chat, yeah. right? That started it. And then obviously with 40 after, mm. after or just before halftime, third quarter started, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, so, look, it, it probably warranted five-ish games. Mm. Um, I still think that's a lot. It is. That is yeah. a lot. In considering a game the, season. Yeah. Well, considering the history of the league so yeah. far and with, with suspensions, mm. the big thing they're probably trying to do is just make a point. Um, well, how, how many did Matt Holchin get for his face slaps to DJ? Is that one or two games? I thought it was... Two with a suspended third, maybe. Yeah, yeah, it might have been only like two, and yeah, and to me that's a bigger physical act because it's yeah. on court. Yeah, no, exactly, and so yeah, it's it's a little bit confusing, but I think the the pushing of forty up into the wall mm. is is yeah. yeah as hostile as it gets, really. Last one on this, we don't want to get bogged down on it too much, no. but um, how does Bainsy go when he comes back? How do, how, how can the bullets help him enjoy his basketball again? That's <laughs> it's a tough thing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, we've spoken about it before. He's obviously overly frustrated because, you know, he's not at the level that he was before his injury. Yep. Um, I mean, he was freaking NBA player, Olympian, yeah. all that fun stuff. And yeah, not just a fringe NBA player, especially when he was at the Suns. He was a, oh, he, he was, was probably one of the best, best big man, big yeah. fives in the league because of what he could do when he stepped out to shoot. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, that's, that's got to have frustrations boiling over just, just with that, yeah. you know? And then, I guess trying to get him involved in the league or in games is mm. tough because the league doesn't really lend itself to that big bruiser in the no, middle anymore. We don't have really have post moves, do we? Not really. And, you know, we don't have those big, strong bruisers mm. as the five men anymore. You know, they're, they are more that pick and pop, yep. stretch five, stretch fours that 
I mean, he, he can do that for sure. Can, but yeah. That was something that he added to his game later. Yeah. You know, the thing that made him what he was and what he what he still is, I think, is that big, strong bruiser with a really good touchdown load. Sure. So it's tough. And I, I think they've, they've, they've got to try to get him involved, but it's, it's tough to figure out how. Yeah. Let's go to Trenton Flowers, yep. Cody. Um, we learned a couple of things about him in that game against the Illawarra Hawks. Firstly, I think that clearly he's not a point guard. Mm-hmm. Put him in the right yeah. role, in the right position, he can Elite. thrive. And that's what he did. 18 points in the first qu- fourth quarter, yeah. won the game against the Hawks. And he did it as an 18-year-old. Um, to think of what he did. Well, firstly, that game was a tough watch. So <laughs> it wasn't pretty. To have him yes. come out and do that in the fourth was mm. was good, right? Yes. It was. It was. It made the game, <laughs> the first three quarters, kind of worth watching, really. Yes. Uh, but no, for a young guy to come in and, and take over a game like that's awesome. Mm. And I think that, you know, if anything, that's just going to help boost his a his confidence, yeah. the coaching staff confidence in mm. him. And, and his teammates' confidence in him to, to know that, oh, he can come out and do that. The thing that they've got to be concerned about, I guess, is making sure that he doesn't just try to take over games too much. Mm. Because these kind of games, while it was awesome, it, it was against the Hawks, yeah. right? Yeah. It was against a defense that is one of the worst in the league. So he doesn't get those open looks against any other team, does no, he? No, not really. And that's where you got to be kind of cautious with it and be like, all right, that's that's awesome. You've shown that you can do that. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that coaching staff, teammates have all seen that in practice. Yeah, yeah. So making sure that he doesn't force the point, I guess, in future games, yeah. but take advantage where he can, mm. but not try and be that go-to guy so yeah. early. Um, I thought what stood out was that he can thrive when someone else is creating for him. Mm-hmm. Don't give an 18-year-old the ball and ask him to do it all himself and create yeah. for other people because he's not ready for that. But he had his teammates create for him and he showed he can knock down the open shot. And you just have to put guys in the right role that yeah. they're ready for at this time. Oh, absolutely. And look, there's a select few players around the world mm-hmm. that you can give the ball to an 18-year-old. And well, there's not many Josh Giddies, is there? No, there's not, <laughs> Right. That you can just say, here, here's the ball, go run the team yeah. at the professional level. Yeah. You know, so you're right. Putting players in the right position to be successful uh, is huge, and we've seen that around this league the past couple of years mm. with some players. You know, making making sure they're in their right spots to be that they're comfortable mm. and they can come out and and just just play. Unfortunately, it highlighted the difference between the situation Flowers is in in mm. Adelaide and AJ Johnson in Illawarra. They're, mm. they're a similar age. They're, they've got a similar skill set. Yeah, I'm sure AJ is capable of doing that, but yeah. he's not in a situation where he can do it right now. He had zero points, one turnover in three minutes and 30 seconds. Um, it's tough to find many positives for the Hawks right now. Yeah, there's not a whole lot. Mm. There, there really isn't a whole lot. And you know, like you mentioned earlier, I said it a couple of weeks, I didn't want to come into this season thinking same old Hawks, yep. but it, it's the same old Hawks. Yep. Um, unfortunately, they've got to really figure it out quick because mm. um, the season's already getting away from them. It's yeah. been what, three, four rounds. So three rounds, three yeah. rounds going into the fourth. It's it's already starting to get away from them a bit. Yeah. It, it, it is really tough. I, I, I get it. They Look, their squad, they've got a decent squad. I think they're, on mm. paper, they're, they're not mm. bad. Right, obviously not as good as some of the the top teams, yeah. but they've got a squad that should be able to compete, mm. but they're just not. What's stopping them being able to compete? I mean, uh, obviously Jacob Jacomas is still finding his feet as a head coach in the yes. league in his second season. I think we have to start asking questions about Tyler Harvey about if he's mm. 
as good as we perhaps thought he was going to be after that first season that he had at the Hawks. Yeah, that first season was unbelievable, yeah. right? And then he kind of hasn't lived up to it the past, mm. well, his next season and then so far this year. Yeah. It's, it's tough. Look, he's still an elite player, mm. but I think they're probably relying too heavily on him mm. to be a Bryce Cotton, yeah. you know, which, which yeah. he isn't. So it's an interesting one. Are they relying on him or is he taking on that responsibility mm. too much himself? It's probably a bit of both, honestly. Yeah. I think it, it is tough, right? Because he knows what he's capable of, but mm. he's not he's not given that, right? Mm. I'm sure the team knows what he's capable of and he's not quite getting there either. Yeah, yeah look, I think it I think it's it is a little of column A and a little of column B, but I'm I'm not really sure how they fix it. I mean, mm. apart from sharing the ball, but, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it just depends on their systems, really. They were two terrible games from them. I mean, they, they got completely blown out of the water by the Jack Jumpers and yes. lost, lost by 30. That was a game where Jacob afterwards talked about how they, they tried to push the pace too much mm-hmm. and they tried to, to up the tempo and they ended up, ended up not being able to score and also couldn't stop Tasmania at the other end. And then they, they slowed things down a little bit against Adelaide, but they still just couldn't, get anything going either in there. You know, defensively they were a little bit better, but again, their offense just didn't didn't flow even by slowing down the no. pace. I don't know. No. <laughs> what, are they, what are their options? How do they try to get this thing on track? Well, see, they've got a young enough squad that they can be that team and they've got the right players to, to push the ball, mm. right? You've got to be able to push the ball and realize, all right, we're going to get a really good shot here, yeah. whether it's feet in the paint, kick out three, yeah. or on the rim, mm. you know? But they've got to find that happy medium of, of pushing the ball, like I said, getting that great shot. Mm. has to be a great shot. Mm. Or kick it out, all right, let's get through something. Let's mm. get through a set. Let's, let's get Sam the ball down low. Let's get him into the game. Let's get Tyler coming off pin downs or turnouts or something like mm. that. Like, Don't just give him the ball. And this is kind of what we're seeing at Perth right now yep. is don't just, give him the, don't just give Tyler Harvey the ball and say, here, go do something. Yep. The league doesn't lend itself to that. That's yeah. that's not how you're successful here. Yeah. I will pull out a positive. I thought Gary Clark had a better weekend. He did, he very sh- much so. Especially against Tasmania. And I, he spoke afterwards, and I, I really liked the leadership he showed, the way he talked about how what he can provide, given his experience as a 31-year-old playing in this league for the first time. Unfortunately, the group didn't respond, but at least he showed that he belongs in the league. Yeah, no, it was really good to see, because that first couple of games we were... Like, yes. oh, geez, like, <laughs> yes. does he belong? Should yeah. they just move him on and try to get someone yeah. straight away? And no, I think just that leadership itself is, is good for that team. Yeah. And yeah. that's something they've probably been missing um, mm. and something that is probably going to be advantageous for them going forward. All right, Cody, that's been a big first segment. Let's take a deep breath. Plenty more to talk about from what's going on in the NBL, but let's take a deep breath here from Tap Touch and then we'll come straight back. Love it. He'll make it for sure. That's why I backed him on Tap Touch. You got the touch. You got the power. Got the touch? Choose Tap Touch. Better your bet. Download the app today. Imagine what you could be buying instead. Okay, back on Hoop 7's basketball hustle. Plenty of talking points, Cody. Why don't we start with what we learned from this round, where I feel like we learned a couple of things. Melbourne and Sydney are clearly a class above, and mm-hmm. I think you can throw Tasmania into that mix. Yep. And the only game they lost was when Majuk Deng unfortunately missed a free throw at the end, where that game against Southeast Melbourne could have gone to overtime. So I think mm-hmm. the top three teams are standing out. I think what we saw from, especially when they played each other, Illawarra and Adelaide are a little bit um, below the rest of the pack right yep. now. Is that how you see it? Yeah, absolutely. 
this round certainly separated both top and bottom. You know, you mentioned Melbourne and Sydney. I think, um, yeah, I think Tassie certainly belongs in that conversation of the probably the top two or three teams that kind of separated themselves from the pack mm. a bit. And again, you know, Tassie making me eat my words at the start of the season <laughs> with predictions, um, which I knew was going to happen. Yeah, I did yeah. say that. And then, yeah, at the bottom end of the rung, Adelaide and Illawarra, obviously. I mm. mean, those two playing each other kind of proved that mm. just by watching that game. Yeah. They're, they're kind of that two or three steps below mm. the rest of the league. Be interesting to see how DJ changes that for Adelaide. Yes. Yeah. Um, but you can also almost sprinkle Perth in there right now yeah. um, with the way they're playing. Look, weren't, it, it's tough because I think the margins over the weekend for Perth were a bit in favour for Perth, really. They got lucky that both teams didn't shoot well against yeah, them. Yeah, well, especially Sydney. Yes. I mean, how often are you going to... They never look like winning that game. No. But there was a Sydney team that shot 7 of 40 yeah. from three-point line, but well. they just collected a lot of those offensive rebounds and were allowed to. It's the same old problem for Perth, isn't it? Yep. They had the whole off-season to fix their rebounding, fix their defence. I'm not sure they have. Not overly. Um, I think they've added the right pieces to be able to do that. Yeah. I don't think Sars probably quite as aggressive on the boards as he needs yeah. to be. But again, he's a young kid that's probably still trying to figure out his seven-one body yeah. as well. Yes. You know, Pinder I thought did a better job in that second game yeah. against Melbourne. I think he probably had the most rebounds for the game as well. Mm. So I think he over the weekend he did a, a lot better, and just yeah. his activity and his just want to go and get it. Yeah. I think is is something that. Perth needs, and they, they need him to be able mm. to do that. He needs to be getting 10 boards a game. I yeah. think that needs to be his minimum yeah. and his, his goal. And he was doing that last year in Cairns. Yeah, absolutely. So he needs to be able to go and do that, especially yeah. playing in Perth, where mm. it's not the best shooter's gym in the world yeah, no, at the no. best of times, yeah. let alone when both teams aren't shooting well anyway. <laughs> yes. So it is tough being that only one that is really that aggressor on the boards. Yep. But look, I mean, they haven't really fixed their woes. Um, no. And offensively, I mean, I just feel like it's too stagnant still. Yep. Does that come from not having a genuine point guard like we've, like we've talked about? I think so. I think so. I don't think Ty or Corey are, mm. you know, point guards by any, yeah. any stretch. You know, I think Ty probably more so, mm. but, um, you know, he's not having the best year yeah. right now. He's, no. he's a bit all over the place. And, um, yeah, it, it's tough. Yeah, they, you're right. They, they don't have that point guard and, you can't just ask Bryce to, to do it all. It's Again, it's not how this league works. No, because the opposition knows that they just have to focus on him. I mean, you have to feel for, especially a Friday night, for Bryce to have to play that whole game mm-hmm. with Melbourne able to rotate between having Delhi and Illy guarding him, but also and having Travers both at the same time at different times. Mm-hmm. And then, you're right, Travers, <laughs> Travers behind them as well yeah. to give them that length. Man, you, I feel for Bryce right now because his numbers aren't what they are used to be, but... I don't think it's anything that's his fault. I mean, it's just the position and and system that he's in. Yeah, and look, I feel like they're probably not running the right plays for him, right? Mm. Or running plays for him yeah, at all. Yeah, it's it's more of a one action, kick the ball, give him the ball, let him try go to work, yeah. which is exhausting, right? It's exhausting, yeah. especially when you've got elite defenders and yeah. every team has elite defenders at that level now, uh, at that position, sorry. First game against, uh, first possession against Sydney, right? Mm. Run an action. Bryce comes to the top, kicks it on, flare screen for him. Ty skips it over, wide yeah. open three, bang. Yeah. And then I feel like they didn't really run much for him after that. Mm. You know, he got a transition one down the middle with his left. Yeah. But you know, other than that, it's just it was kind of, yeah. I'm not sure what's going on 
in terms of running running plays for certain people. Mm. And we saw when he was successful when he when Trev was running the show. Yeah. Trying to guard Bryce was a nightmare. Yeah. Because you had him coming off, you know, double down screens and turnouts and pin downs and flares and mm. just constantly moving. Yep. And then you would force the bigs to have to help. And then, you know, you've got him on an island with a big. Yes. It's different now because, you know, it, it, the guards are still able to stick with him. Yeah. I think we underestimate that he also had good point guards. So mm. it was Damien Martin at the start, then Mitch Norton, yeah. who helped to put him in that situation mm. too. Oh, absolutely. And look, I think part of it is the bigs as well. Yep. You know, I, I don't think they're screening as well as they need to be mm. for him. So the fact that the defender can just fight around and, and stick with him isn't good enough, yeah. you know. So there is onus on, on everyone. Mm. But, yeah, he's he's certainly visibly frustrated and, and I could see that. I was... I was at the game on Friday night against Melbourne and you could see he's just he's just visibly frustrated right now and physicality is is the one way to try and stop Bryce. I mean, there's no yeah. way to stop him, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But that's how you try and stop him is to be physical and Melbourne have the two most physical mm. defenders in the league yeah. in, in Shea and Delhi. So they did, did a good job with that. But you mm. could see every every time something would happen, you know, Bryce would be talking to the refs and, mm. and all that. He, he's just, his head's not in it because he's obviously frustrated yeah. from... Lots of different reasons, I'm, I'm sure. Yes, yes. Touching on Melbourne United, they kept winning and obviously went back on on Sunday and took care of business against the Brisbane Bullets to go to four and one. But one of those physical guards, Matthew Delavadova, unfortunately suffered another concussion. Mm. Um, we saw them deal with this with with Shaley last season, um, and I feel like they handled that situation as well as they could yeah. have. They gave Shay plenty of time to to try to overcome the symptoms that he was feeling and didn't rush him back at any point yep. and then allowed him to sit out plenty of time in this off-season. I, I don't think he played much anywhere at all until the preparations for the World Cup with, with the Tall Blacks where he had a great World Cup and now he's come back into this season and done well. So he, fingers crossed for him that he's over what he went through. But concussions are things that just don't go go away. No. Um, so Daly's dealt with these you know, through his whole career and yes, you know, we, the way he plays, it's always going to happen because he puts his... Body on the line, and I think Chris Golding said it after the game on Sunday that he wouldn't be Delhi if he didn't do that. And yep. there's never going to be an open layup if he's anywhere in the vicinity where he doesn't put his body on the line. And mm -hmm. unfortunately, that's exactly what happened. He put his body on the line and yeah. and copped this. Um, I think he. It's almost a simple situation for Melbourne where they just tell him to go home and don't come back until you're symptom free. Mm -hmm. We don't know how long that will take, but right. what's your take on the situation? Oh, it's scary, and to have two. Elite players on your team in in Delhi and Shea with these concussion scares constantly. It's mm. it's not ideal, right? Mm. I think they do need to treat it the way they did with Shea last year. Yes. Um, they have that advantage of, of still having Shea. Mm. So yep. I think last year when when he went out, there was that bit of a drop off. There was right for sure. This year they've got that little bit of a backup, yep. which is which is I yes. mean that's very nice for yeah. Melbourne. So yeah, look, I think they need to treat it very cautiously, especially with the history Delhi has. Mm. It's a scary thing. It's mm. it's not good and, you know, knocks to the head. Uh, yeah, no joke. No. It's it's We've seen it happen a lot throughout mm. just sport in general, yeah. really. And it, even related to this show, Matty Knight, our good Matty friend, Knight, had yeah. to retire from basketball because of it. He did. And he, he got to the point where, you know, he'd cop a finger to the jaw yeah. and it would set it off. Yeah. You know, it, it's something that, you know, you can't take lightly. Yeah. Melbourne are very good with that kind of thing. So I, I think well, they... we talked about how good their, their staff is. Yes. They're the best in the business. They, they certainly are. So their medical staff will be as cautious as, as possible with him. And 
knowing Delhi, he's going to want to get on the court as soon oh, as yeah. possible. Yeah. They've got to try find that, you know, that middle ground where it's you don't have any more symptoms yeah. and, and you, you're still able to go out and beat Delhi on the floor. As, as a, play, a, a recent player, I mean, you, you go back as recently as even five years, but mm-hmm. even beyond that 10, 20 years ago, and it was almost a sign of toughness that you would shake off a concussion mm-hmm. and play through it, and that was a way of showing how tough you were. Do you feel like as a player now it's changed where you are honest with yourself and with your team and with your coaching staff and medical staff where if you have any type of symptoms, if it's a headache, if it's dizziness, if it's whatever it is related to the concussion that you're honest about it? You have to be. have to be. There's too much science around it all and there's been too many findings with head injuries. Mm. You just can't play with it. You know, it, it's all well and good to, you know, try rub it off and be tough and, mm. well, quotations, tough. Yeah. But it's it's going to affect you after basketball. Mm-hmm. It doesn't go away. No. It's, it's not something that heals. No, exactly. And, you know, these brain injuries are, are not a good thing. Mm. So I think, yeah, it, it, you have to be honest with it. You can't, you know, even think, oh, you know, the, the symptoms are 90% gone, I'll be I'll be right. Mm. It's, it's not how it is these days because, again, there's too much science around it. There's been too many findings and, yeah, it's a scary thing. Did you ever get a concussion? Yeah, 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 a couple of them. Mm. Yeah, for sure. When I broke my nose, I definitely got concussed. Mm-hmm. Few, a few probably in the early days where, again, same thing. Yep. Oh yeah, I'll be, I'll be right. Yeah. Feel a bit dizzy for a play or so, and yep. then you're like, okay, I'm good. Yeah. Not so, not too many late later in my career, which is good. <laughs> I'm happy with that. Excellent. <laughs> Sticking with Melbourne, you caught up with Roblo last week. I want to get your thoughts. I've never, I don't know if I've ever seen him enjoy his basketball as much Love as it. he's enjoying this season. And I feel like it's because he's playing without pressure. Like yep. this is almost a bonus period of his career mm-hmm. because he had retired and he's getting getting to have this extra stint in Melbourne while they're ra- waiting for Joe Luala Chul to come back, who will be back very very soon. It mm-hmm. might even be as soon as this week. It was good fun seeing him give Rocco Zakasi some some lessons yeah. with the the old man teaching the seventeen year old some some lessons on on Sunday. Yep. Um, if you're Melbourne, do you try to find a way to keep him around? I or, mean, you know better than anyone, would Rob want to stay around if, if they can keep him? Keep him. If you're Melbourne, you have to try and keep him around, mm. right? And, mm. you know, Simon's mentioned this a lot too. Mm. You have to find a way to yep. try and at least keep him around if in case something happens. Yep. Um, you know, from Rob's point of view, I think the reason he retired, because he was still obviously can play at this level. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the reason he retired is because he's got a young family. He's got another little bub on the way yeah. and to go and spend time with his family. Yeah. So they've got to try and find that middle ground of, yeah. A, keeping in touch at the very least mm. in case that they need him down further down the track. So, yeah, it's a it's an interesting little scenario, but, I mean, he's been just so, so good for them. Yeah, every, every time he comes onto the floor, he just makes a difference. Yeah. And... I think this is the the perfect team for him to play on sure. because of his really high basketball IQ. Mm-hmm. They got so many shooters and he's such a good passer out mm-hmm. of the post he or he's he's going to the boards, he's crashing the boards hard. Defending. You forget he's a footer. Yes. You forget he's yes. seven yes. foot, right? And stretch the floor. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been knocking down the open three. It's um I'm sure everyone has enjoyed playing with him as well. Yep. And that's something that you do because, you know, he's he's that team guy and mm. Yeah, it's 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 a tough situation for, for Melbourne to be in. In the short term, does Delhi potentially go on the injured list and he just naturally can stay? Very possibly, mm. very possibly. You know, obviously it leaves a hole in the guard spot yeah. in those rotations yeah. a bit. 
But they are pretty deep there already. They aren't certainly they? are. I mean, they, they, can, they can use Ian Clark a lot more yes. than they have been. They can. And, I mean, I think he's been really good for them yep. too. He's uh, He had a really good weekend yep. um, for, for the United. So, yeah, interesting uh, interesting couple of weeks ahead, I think. Because you're right, depending on how long Delhi's out for, mm. you know, Rob could just slot straight mm. into that spot. Sydney Kings, very good weekend for them against Brisbane and Perth, making a statement. We had no idea what to expect from Jonah Bolden coming into this season. We, yep. I mean, no one did. He no. hadn't played basketball for three years. Boy, he's looking good out there. Mm-hmm. He looks in great shape, but he also looks motivated and hungry. And 25 points, 27 rebounds in two games. Yep. Pretty impressive. That's exactly what you need from him, right? Yep. You need that kind of 10 and 10-ish yep. um, for him to be successful for that Sydney team. Yep. And he's, he's doing that, yep. right? He's long. He's athletic. You're right. He's he's seems very hungry and mm. and wants to be out there and which is which is awesome to see. Mm. Um, he was yeah he was a difference maker for them this weekend. Mm. I think especially in their second game. Well, um, how obvious was it against Perth that he wanted a rebound? He was mm. hungry for a rebound. No one no one he was playing against had any of that same desperation. No, they didn't. So he he just yeah you're right. He just wanted them all, and that was that's the bottom line. Mm. So. It's uh, promising signs for, for Sydney fans. Are you surprised how good he's looking so quickly? Yes, actually I am. Uh, I I didn't think, like you mentioned, we, we had no expectations mm. going in because we haven't seen him in yeah. so long. I didn't think he'd be doing this sort of thing this mm. early in the season. Mm. So it's, it's really cool to see. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, I want to get your thoughts on players playing against their former teams. It was mm. good fun watching. You were in the building to see Luke Travers back against the Wildcats. I think he embraced... The reception he yes, got, and I think he enjoyed it. He threw down a dunk very early to uh-huh. to make make a statement. Um, you saw it firsthand. I think there's a difference between booing a guy just because he's a former player and booing a guy for something that's a little more sinister. So mm-hmm. I think it's all good fun if you boo a player who used to play for your team. Mm-hmm. But what did you make of it all just from being in the building? Yeah, look, I mean, it was obviously very hostile, and mm. Perth Arena is a hostile environment, <laughs> yeah. right? So... Lockie Reid even had the microphone back, didn't yes, he? he did. Yes. yes, he did. He was surging up and down the court. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was that was good. That uh, that brought back some memories. But um, no, look, he I mean he came out and didn't bother him in the slightest, mm. you know. And he is that kind of a player, you know. That that kind of thing wouldn't bother him. It obviously showed that it didn't. Mm. Came out early, had that dunk, like you mentioned. Had a few more dunks down it the did. middle. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was really good. I thought yes. he was. He's doing exactly what he needs to for, for Melbourne. And, yeah, look, there was obviously booze. The one that I didn't like was when he had his nose split open oh, and then no, yeah. and then they booed yeah, that. Yes. But, um, you know, it wasn't like the whole stadium was going crazy yeah. booing. It was, you know, mm. it was a few, but it, it was nothing, yeah. nothing crazy at all. I was fascinated watching Matt Kenyon's interactions with Scott Roth on Saturday when he was playing for the Phoenix against the Jack Jumpers because if I think back to last year, Scott was one of his biggest supporters and he would encourage him to shoot all the time and mm-hmm. Kenny's a reluctant shooter at the best of times mm-hmm. but but Scott was one of his biggest supporters but now he's playing for the Phoenix and he's being left open so Scott obviously knows the scout and the scout is to let him shoot and yep. he knocked down a couple of threes and he went back to Scott and was letting him, letting Scott know all about and, and knowing Scott he would have enjoyed that he he would have actually embraced that little bit of little bit of interaction um it's interesting. He was his biggest supporter, and now Kenny went back at him to let him know that he can shoot. Oh, absolutely. And look, it's it's one of those things that when he's on your team and people leave him open, you've got to be in his corner. Let mm. that ride. Let it yeah. let it go. You got to build their confidence, mm. right? In those in those guys that aren't the most confident shooters in the world. Mm. Um, but then when they're not 
on your team, then it's, yeah, leave them open, yeah. right? Leave yeah. them open. And to be honest with you, a wide open three is, <laughs> it does play with your head, mm. right? Yeah. I much prefer to shoot a three with someone running at me. Obviously not a contested one. No, no yeah. Although I don't mind a contested three. Yeah. But it's, it's a lot you easier to You have to think shoot. about it too much, exactly. don't you? Yeah. you? You really do. And look, we saw, we saw him make that first one in the corner and then run back and <laughs> chirp at him. Yeah. But then we also saw a couple that hit the side of the backboard yes. and one that went way too long. Yep. And so, look, I think it ended up probably working in the Jack Jumpers' favor mm-hmm. a little bit. Yes, but you're right. I mean, he was just having fun with it. And <laughs> it was uh, it was it was pretty cool to see. In that situation, would would Kenny and Scott, knowing both of them a little bit, are they the type of guys that, in the heat of the moment, it got a little bit heated, but. Five minutes after the game, they probably were having a laugh about it back backstage. Oh, I'm sure they were. I'm sure they were. You know, it's it's one of those things. Once you cross those lines, it's mm. a different ball game, yeah. right? There's there's no friends outside of your your team, and yeah, after it's after it's all finished, mm. then it's it's different, right? So I'm I'm sure they were. I mean, those two last couple seasons together, so mm. you know, they're, they're I'm sure they're certainly uh, close. What is it like playing against your old team? It's interesting. The first time is a bit of a different feeling, mm. but kind of after that first time, it's just a bit of a, it is what it is, mm. just another team, yeah. you know? So, well, um, Was there any extra spice for you because you were playing, you went from one rival to, to the other? Yeah, it was. I was in a bit of a different um, circumstance there for sure. So obviously that big New South Wales rivalry mm. and to be on one side and then flip to the other. And there was lots lots that went on in it and it was always talked up a lot and it was one of those games that the crowd would be more into mm. so it was always fun though it was, yeah. it was always a lot of fun even though you were never a wildcats player when you would come back to playing perth did it almost feel like you were playing against a former team because it's your home town and your history with the with the club yes and no mm. um early in my career definitely mm. it was probably more intimidating than anything just um you know, obviously walking out, you walk out of the tunnel, out of the players' tunnel, and you look up to the left and there's Dad's yeah. banner or yeah. his, his number hanging yep. in the rafters. Yep. And, you know, it, it got to a point later on, probably more more so when I was with the Hawks, of it's just another game. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got to come into a hostile environment yeah. against, you know, the best team in the mm. last 10 years and, mm. and try to beat them. Yep. Um, so... Yeah, look, it was it was definitely uh, an interesting one coming here and, mm. and playing. All right, Cody, I think we've managed to cover cover most things that we wanted to cover. Yep. Let's take a deep breath and start having a look towards round four already in the NBL. Jeez. We'll have a look at the NBL, NBA games as well and wrap things up. Love it. He'll make it for sure. That's why I backed him on Tap Touch. You got the touch. You got the power. Got the touch? Choose Tap Touch. Better your bet. Download the app today. Imagine what you could be buying instead. Okay, back on Hoop 7's basketball hustle. Um, okay, Cody, before we get to round four in the NBL, let's finish up round three with our award winners. And Simon Mitchell has come through with the winner of the Galen Award for round three, the best team man in the NBL. And he's gone back to the Tasmania Jack Jumpers and has given it to Jordan Crawford for this week. And if you have a look at his two performances, firstly against the Illawarra Hawks, 17.6 assists and, and efficient 6 of 10 shooting, 3 of 5 from 3. And then backed it up against the Phoenix, 27.6 assists, 11 of 19 shooting, 5 of 9 from 3. He's doing both things. He's creating and shooting at a very good clip right now. And it's hard to argue, I think, with Simon. Oh, very much is. Um, 
you know, I, I think over the weekend he really stamped his authority on the league mm. uh, and, and in this team as, as someone that is going to run the show for them. Mm. Um, and, I mean, look, six assists in both their games yes. is, is really good. And on top of, you know, scoring 17 and then 27. Yeah. You know, to go, you know, 17 or 29 from the field and mm. then was it 8 of 14 yeah. from the three yeah. over, over the weekend. That's a heck of a weekend. Yes. It's, uh, it's very impressive. And he constantly made the right play, mm. right? You look at for their point guard to have 27 points, that's like that's a lot for a point guard mm. in this league, right? Six assists, but he always made the right play, mm. you know? Whenever they they needed something or a bit of a – Bit of a, a breaker, really. Um, he'd hit, he'd knock down a big shot, yep. or he'd get into the paint, kick out to a, a shooter. Yeah. He'd get Doyle involved. Um, I, th- I thought he was really, really good this weekend. That's the best thing about what he's doing alongside Milton Doyle is that they're working together. Yeah, like both of them are great one-on-one players and mm. can create their own stuff, but they're creating for each other as mm-hmm. well. And that that one-two punch is, is fun to watch. Oh, they're going to be very dangerous yeah. once they really start to click. Because, mm. again, it's only early in the season. Yeah. So once they really start to click, they're going to be a dangerous duo. Now, Simon is also weighing up Rob Lowe, who mm. we've talked about, Jonah Bolden, who we've talked about, and Jalen Adams as well. And Jordan was a good winner, but those three guys had good claims too. Oh, absolutely. I think Rob, Rob could certainly be in there this week, mm. for sure, uh, uh, along with Jonah. Uh, I think both those guys proved their worth in their teams and mm. we're just we're just massive in, in how successful they were over the weekend. Yeah. Um Jalen Adams, I mean he's just elite mm. and it's it's so fun to watch him again. Um but yeah, look I, I think those three could certainly be in considerations, but I think he's gone the right way with Jordan. Mm. That segues nicely into Maddie Knight's votes for the player of the year for round three as well, Cody. And he started one vote for Nathan Sobey from the from the Bullets, mm. two votes Jonah Bolden that we've talked about. Three votes. A guy we haven't talked about, Trey Cal. He's mm. now finding his feet in Adelaide. Four votes, Jordan Crawford. Five votes for Jalen Adams. And again, probably tough to argue. Yeah, very much so. I think he's hit the nail on the head there. And you're right, Trey Cal has uh, has come out and he's he's been really good. Yeah. He, he has. You know, that's someone that we haven't really spoken about. Yeah. But that's probably more so because of the squad he's playing yeah. for right now, unfortunately. Um, well, I think... Because he had an interrupted start to the season, he didn't look quite healthy for round one. And he looks healthier now, but he's also aggressive. He's yeah. looking for his shot and, and it's working. Yeah, different player when he's aggressive. Yeah. And and I think that team really, really needs that. Yeah. So um, hopefully he keeps that going. But uh, no, look, I think Matty hit the nail on the head. Jalen Adams, it hasn't taken him long to pick no. back up to MVP form, is it? I mean, he's he loves the big moments. The bigger the moment in a game, the more he seems to, to deliver. And he's... He's just fit right back in. Yeah, and he's just kind of doing what he needs to. You know, mm. he's not not overly trying to take over the game from no. the get-go. He's just kind of letting it come to him, and I think that's what makes him so elite as well. But, you know, once once push comes to shove and it's in his late game mm. and, you know, they need a buckets, here you go. Go, <laughs> go do your thing. The most amazing thing about the Kings right now is they've still got DJ Hogue to come back. Yes. I think that's a big reason why they didn't need the other DJ Vasilovich mm-hmm. because they've still got a lot of room to improve with DJ Hogue when he when he comes back. Yeah, they're going to be uh, they're going to be scary once he comes yeah. back and they start to click. Because mm. um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, that's it's a pretty good looking Sydney mm. team then. And uh, look, honestly, I think they've exceeded my expectations for the start of the year. Yeah. I think they've well, they've, we expected a slow start from them. Yes. They haven't had it. No, they're they're right near the top with, <laughs> yeah. uh, with the top couple. So yeah, they're, they're four four and one already and. So much improvement to come. It's yes. 
that three-peat's not out of out of reach. No, not by a long strut. So, it's, uh, yeah, they're going to be fun to watch once they're clicking on all cylinders. Before we get to our round four preview, Cody, I want to get your thoughts on Tyler Cook. Mm. We've talked about this man from the start because he won the MVP award at the Blitz, so he's had an immediate impact down here. But his time now at the Phoenix, it looks like it's done because yep. Alan Williams is set to return potentially as early as Thursday night against Adelaide. Um, that means he's on the open market. He's going to attract offers overseas, so mm. whether or not he stays in the NBL, I guess we wait and see, but it also depends how quickly other teams move. We we thought Adelaide might have been a great fit for him, but yeah. it looks like they'll settle with Vasilovic and that'll be the way they, they go. Do you, see, do you see a team that has a need for him and the ability to, to bring him in? Well, there's plenty of teams that probably <laughs> have a need for him, yes. but whether they're willing to fork out and, and go get him, I mm. think is a big thing. Um Look, Doolittle here in Perth, Mm -hmm. I think with that scary knee injury, Mm. depending on how long he's out for. But realistically, he probably, it's probably not the ideal spot because he's kind of playing that three man and and cooks cooks more of that four five, which, I mean, they've got pretty pretty well covered, realistically. Mm. Um, But I also don't think Cook's going to look for a, you know, another injury replacement spot. No. It's either going to be a, yeah, I'm fully contracted or I'm off. You know, look, there's, he could, be on any team in the league yep. and, and make an impact. So it's going to be interesting to see if anyone's actually already reached out to him or, mm. or what his moves are in, in the uh, coming weeks. Well, let's knuckle down on the Wildcats. Well, look, like you said, he's probably only going to sign if he's given the guarantee he'll be for the rest of the mm-hmm. season. So that's assume that the either Doolittle is ruled out for the season for the Wildcats or the Wildcats move Doolittle on... Would he be a good fit on this Perth team? Like you said, they do have that position covered with Keanu Pinder and, and Alex Saar already, and you've still got David O'Quera, who's not playing at all, and Jesse Wagstaff, who doesn't play at all mm-hmm. while Doolittle was healthy. So they don't necessarily need that position, but could he make them significantly better at the same time? Oh, I think so. You could, I mean, you could play big, and I think Keanu's long and athletic enough to guard the threes around the league. Mm-hmm. It's, it'd be a very much a challenge for him because something he hasn't really had yeah. to do. But Gee, having having Cook, Pinder and Sarah out there at the same time. That's big. That's It's big, but, gee, tough to stop. Oh, very tough to stop on the other end. Yeah. And, you know, that's something that, you know, I think the Cats coming into this season was what they were trying to do was go out and outscore teams. Yeah. So It means you uh, probably have Usher in the two spot, yeah. Bryce in your one. It's a starting five we could never imagine, but no, you never know. It might work. It's fairly impressive. It would be a fairly <laughs> impressive starting five. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean... They're, they're struggling on, on defense. You could really throw a, a bit of a spanner in the works and mix mm. it up a lot more. You mm. could, you know, throw zones in there. You could throw full one through five switching. Mm. You could do all the sorts of The zone actually stuff. did work at times against Sydney. It did. I'm surprised they didn't go back to it yeah. more. And I, I think they probably should have, or at least mixed it up a bit. Mm. You know, you don't want to sit in a zone. Teams yeah. figure it out too quickly. You go into it, come out, go into something else, go back into mm. a zone. I think just mixing it up is probably what they need to do. But yeah, look. I mean, he could he could certainly make an impact, and I mm. think uh, I think the Red Army would, would certainly embrace him yes. with open arms. Well, yeah, yes or no, Cody? Does Cook end up in Perth? I don't think so. Okay, I don't think he does. All right, let's get to round four preview, Cody. Thanks to Tab Touch. Okay, Cody. Round four in the NBL starts just the one game on Thursday night. Adelaide Thirty Six is at home to the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. Both teams coming off a win. First of all. Does DJ Vasilovic play for Adelaide? I hope so. Mm. I really hope so, especially if he's been there for a week or so training with them. Yep. I think they need to slot him in as soon as possible. Mm. There's no no point. I mean, he's cleared. He's cleared to go now. So, yep. 
there'd be no point in having him sit there. I think at least at least throw him in for a couple minutes here and there mm. just to get his feet wet again. But um, yeah, I'm I'm hoping so, and then see if uh, Big Sauce is back for Phoenix as well. Well, good chance. Yeah, he, he's pretty confident of being back for this game. How does he change things for them? Just energy, I think, is mm. is is big for them. They've done well to be where they're at without him in the yeah. lineup and without Cook for the last. I think three games too. Yeah, yeah. I think they've done really well to cover that. Um, and look, they're going to take a little bit to gel again with, with him in the lineup and the different rotations. And but I think it's only going to help guys like Mitch Creek. Yeah. You know, bolster their their bigs. Well, we saw how unstoppable they could be together yeah. at times last season. Very much um, so. Who wins? I think uh, the Phoenix get this one for sure. Friday night, just the one game as well. Illawarra Hawks at home to Melbourne United. If the Hawks are ever going to make a statement, this is the time to do it. Can they do it? Um, <laughs> no. Mm. I think Melbourne right now is just on too much of a roll and they've obviously proved this weekend just how elite they can be. Obviously, Delhi's not going to play. No. Um, we, we probably won't see Delhi for at least a couple of weeks, you'd think. Um, Joe Lawal O'Toole might. Exactly, which will be huge for them, mm. right? Again, throwing... Throwing new players, not so much new players, but throwing guys that haven't played so far this season yeah. into the mix does disrupt teams. And look, I, I don't think he'll be a massive disruption. Mm. Um, they're, they're so very well coached from with Dean Vickman there, and I think uh, I, I do think United get this one fairly easily. Are you scared for how this game might turn out for for the <laughs> Hawks? Yeah, look, we said that a couple of times last year and mm. they ended up holding their own, yep, right? Yep. So who knows? It could yeah, it could very well blow out, but you never know on the road. Fair to say Justin Robinson won't go 1 of 15 again, though. You wouldn't think so. I wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't expect that we see that at all for the rest of the season. Mm. All right, so good luck to the Hawks and check out the odds thanks to Tap Touch. Two games now on Saturday. South East Melbourne Phoenix then come straight back from Adelaide to play host to the Brisbane Bullets. The Bullets playing their first game since last Sunday in Melbourne, so two games back-to-back in Melbourne, still without Aaron Baines. Um, so this is an interesting one, though. It is, and very quick turnaround for the Phoenix, mm. I think, with newly inserted players that are coming off injuries. I think that could hurt them a little bit. I think I think Brisbane do get this one, but I think it should be a really good game. Yeah, look, I, I think Brisbane get it purely for the fact that it's, it's that short turnaround for the mm. Phoenix. Interesting for, for the Bullets. They were pretty poor for three quarters against Melbourne. But yeah. when you then can turn things around in the fourth quarter, defensively they did well by going into a press. Mm-hmm. And they they found some confidence offensively, I think 33 points in the last quarter. Even though you had a poor game, can you take some momentum out of finishing a game a bit better? Oh, definitely. You know, when you have poor games, especially for the three quarters, you try to get out as much as you can from them. And mm. the, the fact that they really, really held their own and played really well in that fourth quarter... Just by mixing it up a mm. bit, you know, it kind of had that free swing. You know, mm. the, the game was pretty much done and dusted and, yeah, free swing. They obviously went out and played with a, a bit of mm. uh, bit more enthusiasm, which which was really good to see, and, and hopefully they can bring some of that uh, to this game on Saturday. Second up on Saturday night, Adelaide 36ers, Perth Wildcats. Every time these two teams play, there's all, always seems like there's a lot riding on it and the stakes are pretty high for both teams. So Adelaide trying to build some momentum. Mm-hmm. Perth need a win. They can't afford to drop three in a row. No, they can't. Uh, I think they're the lowest on the ladder since the Bryce Cotton era started Yes, um, after finishing around. So that's not good science for Perth. And 
they're lucky in the fact that it's another quick turnaround for Adelaide. Yep. Um, you know, they also play on, on Thursday night. And, yeah, look, going going into Adelaide's always tough. It's always tough to, to play there and to win there. And you're right, this is a rivalry that goes back as, as far as I can remember, mm-hmm. even even when Dad was with the club. Yep. So um, always fun between these two, and it's, it's never usually a blowout either way. No. Um, I expect a good game, but I do think the Cats get this one. Um, and realistically, they need to get this one. Mm. No, they do. Two fascinating games on Sunday. Four really good teams. Melbourne United, again, another short turnaround. So they have to come home from Wollongong on Friday night and play the first game on Sunday. So a very short turnaround, but I don't think they have too much to complain about because they're playing a New Zealand Breakers team who's coming back from the US. Yes. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's some pretty crazy scheduling. Mm. Uh, recording this, we've just kind of finished that New Zealand and Jazz game. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're going to be playing on Sunday. They've got to travel halfway around the world. And well, they, they, they won't go home, will they? You wouldn't expect so unless they go for one night to mm. at least sleep in their own bed for a night <laughs> yeah. and see the fans. But, um, I mean, that's a that's a heck of a turnaround. And, uh, I mean, realistically, Melbourne should should get this one fairly easily. Sydney Kings and the Tasmania Jack Jumpers first up. They played already this season. The Jack Jumpers got, well, they handed the Kings their only loss of the season. This one's in Sydney. Um Complete clash of styles, which sometimes creates for a great contest as well. Um, can't wait for this one. It's going to be good. Um, Sydney have kind of turned a corner, really, since that that loss, yeah. and uh, you know this this round just gone kind of proved that a bit. I think mm. um, they're playing that with that bit more swagger again, and um, they've been tough. But look, Tassie's right there too. I think. Yeah, this is a, this is a toss of the coin. This one, I think. Mm. Um, I think I'm going to go with Tassie. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Tassie purely for the fact that I think that they can slow the Kings down enough and mm-hmm. make them play in the half court, which probably isn't their strong suit at the no, moment. No. So, yeah, look, I think Tassie get this one. It'll be a good game, a good way to finish the round. To finish the show, Cody, let's talk about the NBL-NBA game. So both the Cairns Taipans and the New Zealand Breakers have now finished their two-game stints over in the US. So the Taipans, they never had a full team out on the court, no. so it was tough for them to compete. Firstly, against the Wizards, they lost by 63. Then against the Raptors, they lost by 41. But they didn't have Tajima McCall or Taron Armstrong in that game. Then the Breakers, they were more competitive, but they had their full roster available, I think, pretty much. And then bringing in Anthony Lamb as well. So against the against the Portland Trailblazers, they lost by 40. And as we just finished recording this, they were very competitive against the Utah Jazz and only lost by 20. What do, you, what do you make of these games? I mean, we've talked about how disruptive it is to do it mid-season and, and it's tough. The exposure is one, one thing that I'm fascinated about. Do you think the exposure makes it, makes it worth it for the clubs? Not overly, I think. Um, it's tough, right? Because the league's been so good in building the brand and, yeah. and getting our talent out there and, and proving that this league is, is so good, yeah. right? It's so hard to go over there and, and play, you know, two rounds into the season mm. that all of a sudden just, just makes it tough for those teams because, well, A, they miss a full round. Yeah. And two rounds. In well, two, it is two rounds, isn't well, it? Yeah. Well, well, for because Cairns don't play at all this weekend. No, they yeah. don't. I'm not sure how they got out of that. It's, no, they, uh, they, that's they, an interesting they, one. They did well. Um, but, it's yeah, it, it's a difficult one, right? Because, I mean you're not going to pass up an opportunity to go play against an NBA team on an NBA floor, yep. right? Whether it's preseason or not mm-hmm. for them. But we just, apart from when Adelaide won last year, mm. right? Mm. 
most games are pretty much blowouts, yep. right? The, it's just a different game. It's mm. such a different game. The court's that bit bigger. Mm -hmm. you, you can't play the same defense you can yeah. down here. Yeah. You can't pack the paint like you usually mm. do. And, you know, we, we see just that just that difference of athleticism and length yep. as well. Yep. It's, uh, it's a really tough one to, to figure out. I mean, yeah, you, you can't replace that experience though. Mm. So, so, so do you persist with it moving forward? I think so. I think you try and push it earlier. Yeah. You know, even if you've missed the first round, yeah. where you haven't already played a game or yeah. two, if, if you've missed the first round maybe. Do, or do we start the whole NBL season later? Mm. Is, is that an option? Look, I think that's probably where they're trying to head a well, little bit. they brought it earlier this yeah, year. Yeah, I, know, we, I know. we started in September. Yeah, I think they want to kind of... Well, yeah, we started on grand final weekend yeah. for the uh, <laughs> AFL and, and NRL, yes. so I'm not sure what deal with that is. And look, who knows what their end plans are. Mm. But uh, look, if, if we're going to keep the NBL, NBA games going, I think you're right. The season probably needs to be pushed back a little bit, mm. even if it's a month, right? Yeah. I think their big thing is making sure that the season's done by AFL starting yeah. up. Yeah. So it, it's difficult. It is difficult, mm. and it's it's played at, a, at an odd time of the year over that Christmas New Year time. But yeah, look, who knows? Who knows? It's it's amazing that we've we've got this this kind of thing going on. Yeah, but if it's worth it, probably not overly, mm. um, unfortunately. But we'll, I mean, I, I can't see it going away anytime soon. On the other side of the fence, is there a chance that we get an NBA team coming here to play a preseason game? Probably not. No, probably not. I mean, that'd be awesome. I, mm. I think it'd be great, and it would make a lot more sense yep. for us. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, I don't overly see that happen. Look, some NBA teams go and do you know trips to China yeah. and parts of Europe and all that sort of stuff. So hopefully, an NBA team comes down here. I don't see mm. why they wouldn't want to. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, hopefully they're working on that because yeah. that'd, be, that'd be awesome. Yes. <laughs> it would be a lot less disruption, wouldn't it? I it mean, would. if you. But yeah, I guess the money has to come from somewhere. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> they've got enough of it. So. <laughs> okay, Cody, that's been a big show. That's been a lot to get through, a lot to digest, and a lot to look forward to now in round four of the NBL. So head to Tap Touch on the the Tap Touch app on your the Play Store or the the Apple Store, or head to taptouch.com.au, and we'll try to help you find a winner. Thank you to Hoop7 for their support. Pop into the store on Murray Street if you're in Perth or head to hoop7.com.au and, and check them out. I'll wrap things up there, Cody, and leave you with whatever's on your mind to finish off with. <laughs> Lots on my mind <laughs> for this round. No, look, I'm actually I'm really looking forward to the Kings and Jack Jumpers game mm. uh, this round. I think it's going to be uh, a fun little test for both teams. So, uh lots of lots of good basketball to be played, but um, yeah, really looking forward to to that Sunday matchup. He'll make it for sure. Now that's why I backed him on Tap Touch. Hey, Luke. Yes, Gene Simmons. He's probably the best when it comes to this stuff. Thanks, Gene. You've got the touch. You got the touch. You got the power. Got the touch? Choose Tap Touch. Better your bet. Download the app today. Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au.